How we doing? Anybody glad to be in church on a Wednesday night? Come on. Come on. Anybody love Jesus tonight? Yes. Man, I'm so excited to be here with you guys. Uh, I love this church. I love calling this place home. Everywhere we get to travel and do ministry, I take so much pride in saying that Clover Hill is my home and Pastor Stan is my pastor. And all that we get to do is on the shoulders of Pastor Stan and Angie. So can you guys give it up for them? Come on. Appreciate you guys. And I'm excited to share the word with you guys. I love how our pastor has called our church to a, a, a few weeks here of fasting and prayer at the beginning of the year to seek God, to get more of God, right? That's what we've been singing and what we're going after. And I found in my own life, the more that you get of God, the less you want of everything else, you know. So my hope and my prayer over these next few weeks is that you really seek the heart of God and that God would speak to you in a unique way at the beginning of 2017. Amen? Hey, did you bring your Bible tonight to church? If you didn't, that's okay. Get out your smartphone. If you did get your Bible, get it out, though, and go to Philippians chapter 4. We'll have it up on the screens for you if you don't have it, so no worries there. Philippians chapter 4 and... I'm going to start in verse 4. I just want to read a few verses for us tonight. If you're there, say, yeah, I'm there. If you're not, say, hold up. All right. All right, too bad. We're starting. Verse 4. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gladness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's beautiful, isn't it? I want to read it again really quick, because I want the word of God tonight to, to soak into your heart, to soak into your mind. It says this, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gladness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Tonight, I've given the few moments we have together tonight the title, The Pattern of Joy. The Pattern of Joy. I want you to look at your neighbor, look at him right in the eye and say, you look joyful. Look at your other neighbor and say, you do too. I firmly believe all of us are searching for joy. We're all after joy. And I believe the scriptures give us an insight to what true joy really is. It gives us an insight to where we can find true joy. And I think there's a pattern in this scripture, a two-step pattern to finding true joy. And my hope and my prayer today is we'll begin to make our life a pattern of true joy that comes from Christ. Amen? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? I want to pray before we dig in tonight. Jesus, we love you so much. Lord, our cry is more of you. Lord, we've sang it, we've prayed it, that's all we want. So tonight, as, as your word goes forth, Lord, would it do what I cannot, and that's change our hearts. That's speak to our hearts. Lord, I thank you that your word isn't an old book, it's not words on a page. It's alive, it's active. And Lord, you know every name and every story in here tonight, and I pray that you would speak to them through your Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. 
Has anyone noticed in life, uh, it can be full of ups and downs, mountains and valleys. Has anybody noticed this? Anybody live more than a few days? <laughs> life can be full of ups and downs, right? Highs and lows, goods and bads. You know, if you're a sports fan, uh, particularly a Virginia Tech fan, you might know this. About a week ago, they played in their bowl game, and if you're not aware, let me catch you up. Virginia Tech showed up to the game, and the game started, and they pretty much left. <laughs> the score at halftime, the score at halftime was 24 to zero. They were losing. Okay, my grandfather came over for the game. He left at halftime. <laughs> like this is serious. Sometimes I had friends that were at the game that left in the second quarter. It was terrible. And at halftime, you know, like me and my dad, and we're like, football's stupid. <laughs> Why is my emotional energy affected by 21-year-olds chasing a ball? What? Like, this is so dumb. Like, it doesn't matter anyway. I mean, Virginia Tech's a good school, but who really cares? You know, whatever. Then the second half started. And Virginia Tech won the second half 35 to nothing. Yeah, that's a good one. They won the game 35 to 24. Like it was the tail, like, like the, 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 the script just totally flipped the second half. Virginia Tech was dominating. And in the second half, we were like, football is awesome! Woo! I love Virginia Tech. Football is my favorite thing ever. This is great. Like we were so pumped. 22 minutes earlier, we didn't care and hated football. Ups and downs. Have you noticed this about life? Life is full of highs and lows and ups and downs. Are you with me? Anybody had some ups and downs in your journey, some highs and lows? I think the problem, though, is too many followers of Jesus, our joy is like that. Our, our joy is up and down. Our joy is in and out. Our joy has good days and it has bad days. Some days the tank of our joy is on full and other days it's on empty. I think too many of us, have a problem with our joy being up and down with the things in life, with the circumstances around us. But have you ever met someone that was like always full of joy? Does anybody know those people? I have a friend, she works at Panera Bread. I'm sure you may have seen her if you've ever gone there. Her name is Mrs. Brenda. She works at the register. Yeah, you guys know her. She's a follower of Jesus, and she is so full of joy. Like, she's had a tough life. She's gone through things. Not everything has been easy for her, but she is so full of joy. Every time I go into Panera to get a bagel, she, like, lights up my morning. She is so full of joy, and every time I see her, I'm like, you are awesome. Like, she encourages me to follow Jesus with more passion and more joy. Have you ever met those people that are like that? Always joyful, always excited? The Apostle Paul He's like that in the scriptures. He's writing this letter to a church in the town of Philippi. And Paul has gone through some stuff. Paul suffered for Jesus. Like Paul was imprisoned many times. And when I say imprisoned, I don't mean the kind of prison where you eat three meals a day and watch football on Sundays. I mean the hole in the ground kind of prison. Like Paul was suffering for the Lord. Paul Paul was shipwrecked, Paul was persecuted, Paul went through it, and he's actually writing this letter that we're reading today in the book of Philippians from jail on death row. He's, he's writing, encouraging people, and it's so crazy because he even writes in his letters, he's like, hey, if they let me live, it's going to be awesome because I'm going to push forward for the kingdom of God. I'm going to serve others. If they let me live, I serve Christ. He goes, if they kill me, 
to die is gain, I get Jesus. You know, like, if you keep him alive, he's like, yeah! If you kill him, he's like, yeah! The dude is unshakable! Unshakable. There was nothing you could say or do, nothing life could throw at him to stop him. He's full of joy. And I don't know about you, but I see Paul, and I see Miss Brent, I see other people in my life, and I want to know, what's the secret? You ever thought this? A lot of times I think, well, that could be fake, right? They're just putting on a front. They're just trying to act happy when on the inside everything is tough and difficult. But I, I don't think it's fake. I think there's a true, genuine joy that transcends our circumstance. I think there's a true, genuine joy to be found. And I think Paul in our passage gives us some insight to how we can find this joy. He gives us some insight to what true joy really means. Because I don't know about you, but I want true joy. Anybody with me? I, I, I don't want seasonal happiness. I don't want seasonal joy. I want solid, true, lasting, foundational joy. Anybody after some joy today? Come on. We want to be full of joy. And I think Paul gives us an insight in this passage of a pattern of living that leads to true joy. He says this in Philippians 4. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. This is in verse 4. I will say it again, rejoice. Somebody say rejoice. He says, hey, rejoice. Be happy. Be excited. Woo! I looked up the word rejoice. The highly authoritative source of Google. To feel or show great joy or delight in something. Great joy or delight in something. Rejoice, Paul says. He says rejoice. You know, today we like to communicate, you know, through, through these little things. <laughs> Seen that before? This dude's rejoicing. He's happy. <laughs> you guys seen these before? <laughs> All right, y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> rejoice, Paul says. Rejoice, be happy. So I begin to think about my own life. What are some things I rejoice in? You know what I mean? Like, what are some things I just get happy about? Like, happy tears. Happy tears. Like, what are some things I rejoice in? Here, here was a few, like when it's nice weather outside. Woo! Come on. When it snows, the teachers. Woo-hoo! Uh-huh. It's my wife, yep. She never prayed for snow so much in her life since she became a teacher. When ministry is going well, church is going well, God is on the move, like joy, right? Woo! Rejoice! When you're getting dressed in the mornings and you put on your jeans... There's a $20 bill in your pocket. Woo! That happened to anybody? Every time I go to Chipotle, rejoice! Rejoice, right? When job is going well, rejoice! When VCU basketball is winning games, rejoice! Right? Whatever it is for you, when family is doing well, rejoice! When your student, when your, when your child got into that school, rejoice! When your student, or I keep saying student, when your child is a great student athlete and they're crushing it, rejoice! When everybody's healthy, rejoice! Right? Anybody with me? When you get a raise, rejoice! Just tithe, right, Pastor Stan? Rejoice, rejoice, rejoice! We love rejoicing, don't we? Don't we rejoice in all these things? It's great. Rejoice, rejoice! There's a problem, though, with this passage of Scripture. Because he says rejoice. Then he adds another word that throws a wrench in. And he says, always. Amen. Always. Anybody notice the weather is not always nice? 
The job isn't always going well. Everyone in your family is not always healthy. You don't always find extra cash in your pocket. Your team doesn't always win. Sometimes you lose the job. Everybody with me? It says rejoice always. And so I began to research and look up the original text in the Greek, what Paul meant by always. And in the Greek, the word always means always. <laughs> Continual, nonstop, all the time, every day, no break, always happening. Paul says rejoice all the time. And I don't know about you, but because things aren't always going good, because the days aren't always bright, I cannot be genuine and always rejoice. Anybody with me? Cannot be genuine and always rejoice because things aren't always going well. But Paul gives us the secret to always rejoicing. He gives us the secret to always being full of delight and great pleasure and great joy. And the secret is in verse 4. He says, rejoice, the next three words are key, in the Lord. In the Lord. What Paul is saying is, make Christ the object of your rejoicing. Make Jesus the focal point of your rejoicing. Make Jesus the center of your delight and pleasure. Make Jesus the focus. Make Jesus what you rejoice in. This, the first step, I want you to write this down. I want you to take it down in your, in your phone or whatever. Step one in the pattern to joy is go to Jesus and receive it. Go to Jesus and receive it. Look, when it comes to joy, the, the first step is you need to go to the cross, go to Jesus, and receive some joy from Him. Go to the cross and receive joy from Jesus. He says, rejoice in the Lord, in Christ, in who He is, in what He's done. Make Him the focus, the obsession of your rejoicing, of your joy, of your pleasure, rejoice in Him. Step one is go to Jesus and receive it. Receive joy. I thought we could even practice rejoicing in the Lord tonight. Is this okay with you guys? Because how many know in the Lord we have a lot of reason to rejoice? Am I with me? Come on. We have a lot of reason to rejoice. So how about this? If I say rejoice and point to you, you all go, woo! Sound good? Let's practice. Ready? Rejoice! That's so good. All right. Here's a few things straight from the scriptures. This isn't life circumstances. This isn't hope everything goes well for you. Now, this is you can count on it, the word of God. Here's what we have to rejoice about in Christ. Before the foundations of the earth were even laid, God knew you. Rejoice. If we are faithless, 2 Timothy says, God will remain faithful because he cannot disown himself. Rejoice. Jesus didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he humbled himself and he came to this earth to serve us. Rejoice! While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Rejoice! God wasn't put off by our sin, but he paid for our sin on the cross. Rejoice! That the God who began a good work in us will be faithful to complete it till the day of Christ Jesus. Rejoice! That God is working all things together for the good of those who love him. Rejoice! That no matter what I see around me, I know that God is with me and lives in me. Let's rejoice! How many know in Jesus we have reason to rejoice? 
We have plenty. All right, you can stop the yelling. <laughs> Some of y'all are excited about that. We have reason to rejoice because of Jesus. If we rejoice in the Lord, and I want you to get this, we'll always have something to rejoice about. We rejoice in Him, we will always have something to rejoice about. Biblical rejoicing is not about the life circumstance that you're responding to, but it's about the God that you're rooted in. I want you to hear me. Biblical rejoicing is not about the life circumstance around you that you're reacting to. It's about the God of hope that you are rooted in. And because of Jesus, because of the cross, we can always rejoice. Anybody excited? We can always rejoice. Can always rejoice. I think a lot of us, though, for being honest, we're struggling with this. A lot of us live an up-and-down kind of life. Our, our joy is in and out. It's good and bad. And it's not always high. It's not always full of Christ. And I think the reason is because a lot of us are looking for joy in things that aren't Christ. We're looking for joy in things that aren't Christ. And here's why we do it. Because sometimes it works. Right? Sometimes days are good. Sometimes jobs are going good. Sometimes family is going good. But I think we put our joy in so many things that aren't always Christ. You know, if you know me and my wife, anything about us, if I tell you this, you can't judge me, okay? We love fashion, okay? We love to go shopping. Don't judge me. We love clothes and stuff. She's got like a fashion blog and everything. And, but we're also on a budget. So we love Ross. Anybody love Ross? Come on, somebody. I feel Jesus right now. Ross. We love Ross. I like it more than TJ Maxx because they got guy shoes. Anybody tracking with me? No. Don't judge me. I told you all don't judge me. We love going to Ross. And I'll always have like a pair of Nikes in mind. I'm like, oh, this pair of Nikes. Because you, you know how Ross works. If it doesn't sell at the main stores, they bring it to Ross. And Ross discounts it really low and stuff. And so there's this pair of Nikes. Oh, Oh, I gotta get it. I gotta go get it at Ross. And so sometimes I go into Ross and it's like glowing. It's like right there on the shelf. Like, let's go. 75% off the retail. Like, this is going to. And I'm so pumped. You know what I mean? I get the shoes at Ross and I'm like taking pictures on the way out. Like, like I'm, I get pumped. But other times, other times I go in Ross, I'm like, all right, I, I, I really want this Adidas shirt, okay? All right, I, I really want these Adidas shoes. And I, and I go into Ross and they got nothing. Ever happened to anybody? The key is you have to know when the truck delivers. I know, and I'm not going to tell you so we don't have to compete. <laughs> don't ask how I know that. It's Tuesdays. Just don't. Sometimes you go and the shelves are empty or they don't have any of the Nikes or they didn't have the Adidas tee, and you just kind of leave empty-handed and bum. You know what I mean? You know, I, I, I begin to think about that, and shopping for your joy in the things of this world is a lot like shopping at Ross. You just never know. And too many of you are shopping for your joy at Ross. You're shopping for your joy in something that's hit or miss, something that's inconsistent. And I came here tonight to tell you, quit going to Ross for your joy and go to the source. Go to the, the source of joy. Go to Jesus. You can count on him. He's not hit or miss. He is a solid rock, the scripture says, a firm foundation. 
We need to go to Him for our joy. He's the source of joy. He's, he's the creator of joy. And in Him, we always have reason to rejoice. Always have reason to rejoice. C.S. Lewis said this, and I love this quote. He said, don't let your happiness depend on something you're going to lose. Don't let your happiness depend on something you're going to lose. Quit shopping for your joy at Ross. Go to the source. Go to the source. Jesus is the source of joy. So step one in the, in the pattern of joy is go to Jesus and receive true joy. Go to the cross and receive. Because at the cross we find the source of joy. But I'm really glad Paul doesn't stop there. Because if you're anything like me, you can receive joy from Christ, okay? Like, like, listen, Jesus has forgiven my sins. Rejoice. I've got eternity in heaven with God. Rejoice. God is with me and lives in me. Rejoice. But if you're being honest, you still have days where you feel like this. Right? Because I'm rejoicing in Jesus, but the doctor's report is getting worse. That's a burden that you got, right? I'm, I'm rejoicing in the Lord, but my kid is walking farther away from the Lord. That's a burden in your life. I'm rejoicing in the Lord, but I lost my job and I have three kids and a mortgage. It's a burden, right? Is, is anybody with me tonight? I, 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 like this is real. This is, this is life. We can rejoice in the Lord, but that doesn't mean our life will be bad emoji free. Because life happens, doesn't it? We live in a fallen, broken world. We, people are sinful. People are broken. And because of that, sometimes life hurts. Sometimes we get hit with burdens and we get hit with trials. And I love that Paul in our passage, he addresses it. First he says, go to Jesus to receive joy. Go to Jesus to receive joy. But then he addresses our burdens. He addresses life's problems. He addresses the things that we face every day. And here's what he says. He says, do not be anxious about anything. Time out. What? Have you ever talked to someone that wasn't helpful? Like you're at the grocery store, you're like, could you help me find the milk? They're like that way. Or like, hey, I'm really afraid, can you help me? Well, don't be afraid. (laughs) I feel like that's what Paul's doing. He's like, hey, if you have things in life that cause you to be anxious... If you've got worries or concerns or burdens or trials, don't worry. Don't be. He said, don't be anxious about anything. 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 Just don't be. Stop it. Don't be anxious about anything. But I love Paul because he doesn't just say, toss this out the window. He doesn't say, hey, just forget that because the reality is it's hard to Forget the, the trials in life when you're, we're reminded every day, right? I'm not trying to belittle our problems here, but Paul says, forget it. Don't worry. But he gives us an alternative. He says, don't be anxious about anything, but, so instead of worrying, do this. In every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. He, he gives us a replacement. He's not saying, hey, just throw out worry. He's saying, hey, put worry aside and replace it with giving it to Jesus. He's saying, hey, don't, don't just toss your anxiety and pretend like it's not there. No, take it, forget about it, take it to him. He says, when it comes to your worries, your burdens, 
Take it to the cross. Take it to the cross, the second step in the pattern of joy. First, we go to the cross to receive joy. The second step is when it comes to our burdens, we go to the cross and we leave. We go to the cross and we leave it. Every trial, every struggle, every anxiety, every bit of depression, every bit of fear, every take it, go to the cross, and leave it, Paul said. The scripture is full of this. It says in 1 Peter 5, 7, it says, cast all your anxiety, there's that word again, cast all of it on him because he cares for you. You need to know, friend, God cares for you. That's a word for somebody. You need to know he cares for you. You can take that burden in your life and cast it to the cross because he cares for you. It says in Psalm 55, 22, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. Here it is again. Cast your cares on him for he will sustain you. The second step of joy is when it comes to your burdens, go to the cross and leave it. Go to the cross and leave it. Because how many know me and you were not meant to carry life's burdens? Did you know this? Some of you know this because you've tried. You've tried. Me and you were not created to bear life's burdens. We were not meant to shoulder the weight of the things that we get hit with in this life. But here's the good news about that, is we serve a burden-bearing God. Did you hear me? We serve a burden-bearing God. God says, hey, take your anxieties, take your worries, cast them on me, I can bear them. I care for you. I love you, my child. I love that we serve a burden-bearing God. The pattern of living we need to get in is going to Him and leaving our burdens. Leaving our burdens. Jesus on the cross is the ultimate example of the fact that we have a burden-bearing God. My biggest burden and your greatest burden is nothing that you're facing in your life right now. It's no circumstance. It's no doctor report. It's no grade that you get as a student. It's no, no, no. The greatest burden all of us have is a sin burden. It's a sin burden. The fact that me and you, when given the choice to choose our way or God's way, have all chosen our way over God. God has set a standard in order to be right with Him, and the standard is perfection, and all of us fall extremely short of that. And because of our sin, the Bible says the payment we get for that is death. We we cannot be right with God on our own. Our righteousness will not do it. The biggest burden me and you have in this life is our sin burden. And I'm so thankful that 2,000 years ago, before we even took our first breath, God knew us, God had a plan for us, and God sent Jesus to this earth to bear our greatest burden. God sent Jesus to this earth to drag the cross up a hill and be killed there for my and your sins so he could take our burden. Anybody glad tonight we have a burden-bearing God? Come on, this is the gospel. And listen, you better believe that if God took care of your greatest burden on the cross, that he he says, throw any other burden you got on me. Come on, I can take it. He took your greatest one, friend. He's not intimidated by anything that's going on in your life. God can bear it. There's some of you today, your your shoulders are heavy, you're tired, you're trying to bear your own burdens, and I came here to tell you, don't do that. Go to the cross and receive true joy from Christ, and go to the cross and leave your burdens. 
go to the cross and leave your burdens behind. The pattern of joy. The pattern of joy. I'm going to ask Pastor Trevor in the band. You guys can come back up. The pattern of joy. It's, it's simple. It's easy. I, I hope you get it, and I pray that this sinks into your heart. It's a pattern of receiving Receiving joy, receiving joy, receiving joy. This is what Jesus did for me. This is who God is. This is who I am in Christ. Receiving from the cross and leaving your burdens at the cross. Leaving your burdens at the cross. And I hope you see the common thread here. The common thread is you going to the cross. The common thread is us living our lives at the foot of the cross. Whether it's for joy or to leave burdens behind, I want to live a life anchored in what Jesus did for me on the cross. It's because of the cross that we are who we are. It's because of the cross that we can do what God has called us to do. Because of the cross, we can live. We can experience true life and life abundantly. And we need to anchor our lives at the foot of the cross. The cross. Pattern of joy. It's two-step pattern, receiving from the cross and leaving your burdens at the cross. You know, a few years ago, this kind of became real to me. Um, A whole lot of you guys know my brother, Jacob. He's here somewhere tonight, and he's doing really well now, like he's about to finish college and stuff. But he's had health problems growing up. When he was still in my mother's womb, he was not yet born. The doctors found some things wrong with him. Uh, To make it very simple, we all have a wall in our stomach that separates, like, our stomach and stuff from our heart and lungs. It just allows them to function in their correct areas. And my brother's uh, wall had a hole in it, so even before he was born, all the stuff in his stomach was up in his chest. So things couldn't work right. It was all jacked up. So as soon as he was born, he went into surgery, and they were in the hospital for days and weeks and all kinds of stuff. He's a miracle. But growing up in his teenage years and stuff, he would have issues, and because he grew the, the patch that they patched the wall with, like, bust. And so it opened back up, and as he was growing up, everything got crazy again. So he would have pain sometimes. He would be in the hospital maybe, like, once a year or something. He would have pains because everything was jacked up, but no doctor wanted to touch it because it was still working fine, and they were scared to operate. And so he just, this is how he's lived. And our worst fear was that they would have to one day operate. We, that, that was the, we did not want them to ever have to do that, to go back in and fix everything. And two years ago, he went in the hospital and had some pains, and they found his spleen or something that's supposed to be back here was up here against his heart. It's up here against his heart, and so they were like, hey, like, we're, like, we have to operate. We have to operate. So this was like, gosh, man, are you kidding me? And so they had a game plan. They were, he was going to stay here in Richmond for three or four days, and then they found a doctor at UVA that was going to go and do the surgery. And so the plan was he would stay here for a few days. He would go up to UVA for two or three days so the surgeons would have time to put a game plan together. And then he would go into surgery in about five or six days. I think it was a Saturday morning. It was like 8 or 9 o'clock, and I woke up, and I had a text from my mom that was like a few hours earlier, really early in the morning, and it said, we had to rush him to UVA overnight. He's going into surgery. I'm like, what? Are you kidding me right now? And so I'm like, flying out of the house. I, I told Anna she was still asleep. I'm like, I'll call you later, whatever. And I'm, I'm flying to UVA, and I don't know if he's into surgery yet. I'm calling my mom, and she's like, no, he hasn't, but he's about to go in. And I'm flying down Interstate 64, and I'm literally thinking, I don't know if I'm going to see my brother again. Flying down Interstate 64, like, are you kidding? What is going on? And in that moment, listen, rejoice. 
Rejoice. Rejoice. In my circumstance? No. No way. In the Lord? Yeah. Rejoice. Take that burden. I couldn't bear it. What am I going to do? Take it to Jesus. Take it to Jesus. And I know because life is full of these moments, the stories are different for you, but it's all the same. We live in a hurting world. We live in this kind of world. And I want you to know true and lasting joy. It's not going to come from your circumstance, but it'll come from the cross. And I want you to live in this pattern of joy, a pattern of receiving from God and leaving your burdens behind. Amen? Would you stand with me tonight all over this room? I want to have a time of prayer. I'm going to ask the prayer team if any of you guys are here, you can come up. And The team is just going to lead us in a chorus here for a few moments. And you know, I felt so strongly that the Lord put this word on my heart today because there's people in here that, that needed to hear this. There's people in here that your joy is so inconsistent. Your joy is up and down because you're trying to find it in things that aren't Christ. I just wonder today if anybody needs to just receive from the Lord. If anybody just needs to go to the foot of the cross and receive. Or if anybody, you're, you're burdened tonight and you're coming in here and you just need to leave that burden with Jesus. I want to pray for you. Every head bowed, every eye closed, just to focus for a moment. And after I pray, just for a few moments here, I want, I want to invite you up. We've got people here that would like to encourage you and pray with you. If you've got some receiving you need to do tonight, if you've got some leaving behind you need to do, we want to allow you room to do that. If you want to come up here and just be on your own, you can do that too. Don't feel pressured to pray with somebody. But let's get back to joy tonight. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for the cross. We thank you that 2,000 years ago, you bore our greatest burden. You paid for our sin. You made a way for us to know you. And so tonight, our cry, our heart is to run back to the foot of the cross. To, to start out this new year. Doing what we were made to do. Living at your feet. Rejoicing in you tonight. Lord, we receive from you. Lord, for those in here that are lacking joy, God, they've, they've found the things of this world so empty and a dead end every time. Lord, I pray tonight you would fill them with your joy. Tonight you would fix their eyes upon you. They would sense true joy from heaven. Lord, for those tonight that have burdens, they've walked into here in a season of life that's been difficult. Lord, I thank you you're a burden-bearing God, and tonight we leave that with you. The bearer of our burdens in Jesus' name.